0: 10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Callaway's new Apex irons are the ultimate forged player's distance iron. Unmatched field distance, and control have been forged to perfection to deliver category-defining performance. Callaway's 360 face cups generate industry-leading distance and unmatched feel and will get every golfer's attention. Tungsten weighting in each iron fine-tunes launch, trajectory, and delivers tremendous control. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer, Or visit CallawayGolf.ca and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. Hey, it's Dave Breckenridge, your regular host for 10.3. My colleagues at the Edmonton Journal have been working on a four-part series about the Alberta election. Today, we bring you the fourth and final chapter in how the Alberta election was won and lost. Merci infiniment. Voilà, voilà.
1: À la prochaine. Take care, take care. Take care, guys. (laughs) Thanks a lot. That's Jason Kenny in the closing days of the 2019 election We're campaign. To.
2: Going to Coach Hill up by CTV.
1: Way up there. OK, that's a bit of a hike. Yeah. He's being driven so, around so Calgary right? with Lorene mm-hmm. Harper, whose Sir, husband Harvey. is, of course, former right. Conservative yes. Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Okay. We're Let's in Kenny's blue pickup truck. Country road, music's playing road. on the radio. They're talking about campaigning. Door knocking.
2: It makes a difference. It, it does. It really does. When you see a pro just go up to doors and knock and all that it really is
0: um i'm I, i'm more nervous knocking on a door than speaking in front of a thousand people i don't know why it is it's just it's different
1: but ops with farm animals and how things don't always go as planned that way <laughs> but the
0: goat was must have been on drugs or something it was just totally non-responsive and i i i kind of debated about whether i should grab one of the piglets but i just thought no so many things could go wrong <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're and very they, dense. And they,
2: they're very dense. And they <laughs> wiggle, and then they're gone, and that's a bad...
1: They're also talking so about unemployment. That,
2: you know, they all like know street, half the men on my street aren't working. It's sickening.
0: I, I was astonished by this in my by-election in, in, in Lougheed. Um, the number of breadwinners who were at home and, um, you know, trying to make ends driving Uber. It is or, a deep
1: wound um, you in know, Alberta. Sort of when the oil price tanked, the province's economy and thousands of jobs went with it. That wound is what Jason Kenny was able to tap into. How? He promised to heal it. Uh,
0: the, the message we want to send to people at the doors is that help is on the way and hope is on the horizon. In, in a week, we have a chance uh, to hit the reset button on Alberta's economy, to restore investor confidence, to start creating jobs again.
1: I'm Emma Graney and I write about politics for the Edmonton Journal. From the Press Gallery, this is the fourth and final chapter of our series about how the Alberta election was won and lost. Chapters 1 through 3 are already available on our feed. You can subscribe to the Press Gallery on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listening now. OK, back to the story. When the NDP took power in 2015, they did so at an inauspicious time in Alberta's fiscal history. Like I said, oil prices were dropping, taking huge chunks of employment with it and pushing the provincial coffers towards something of a fiscal cliff. We hit a recession in 2016 and we hit it hard. When I say the oil price dropped, I really do mean it. So look back to June 2014. At that point, oil was selling at around $105 per barrel. In February 2016, the price had bottomed out to $30 a barrel. The recession gripped Alberta that year, with unemployment coming in at around 9% in fall 2016. These days, it's still hovering around 7%, but that compares with an unemployment rate of around 5% before the oil price dropped. Alberta's coffers were hit incredibly hard. So again, before the oil price drop, the budget was looking at a surplus. Hooray! But then the first NDP budget of 2015 projected a deficit over $6 billion.
2: As a result, every Albertan will be poor because of this budget. And we know more taxes are just on the horizon. Yet this premier has taken no meaningful action to restrain the growth of government.
1: The deficit does remain. It's nearly $7 billion, or it was in February 2019, which is just before Albertans headed to the polls and ended up voting in the United Conservative Party. So the picture began to improve in 2017, but it was an incredibly slow recovery. Jobs weren't bouncing back as quickly as people needed, and the Conservatives accused the NDP of not doing enough to stop the rapidly hemorrhaging
2: economy.
0: So they haven't even slowed down on how fast they're taking uh, Alberta over the fiscal cliff, and they're borrowing it on a schedule where they're not even going to start making the payments. So again, Alberta's children, 20 and 30 years from now, will be paying for things that they don't Instead get to of
1: enjoy, cuts, they kept which... investing in the infrastructure deficit that had continued to plague Alberta despite the heady days of $100 per barrel oil. It was into this fiscal reality that the United Conservative Party was born. By 2018, economic signs were looking up. But then the oil price differential, that's the global price versus what our single customer, the USA, will pay us for our oil, started to grow. And grow. Now, that differential climbed as high as $40 per barrel. And yet the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, which would get Alberta's key export product to the docks in Vancouver to secure that global price, was not yet a reality. Over many years, successive governments in Ottawa have failed to build new pipelines. This is now resulting in a historically low price for the oil produced here in Alberta. We are giving it away for next to nothing. This is hurting jobs and could hurt Alberta's economic recovery. At campaign event after campaign event, Kenny hammered on these issues. Basically, he said, Rachel Notley has just made them worse. And sadly, that's
0: the story of Alberta right now. Four years of economic decline and stagnation. uh, And so many of our fellow Albertans are hurting. Nearly 200,000 unemployed Family incomes down by over $6,000 a year, bankruptcies that are up, small businesses that are barely hanging on, the economy that's 3% smaller. And this is what. And the voters responded.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: The United Conservative Party came into the election with a giant platform, 100 and something pages long. A tonne of promises, a whole ream of areas. Promise number one, though, was repealing the carbon tax. It's something the NDP had brought in. It was kind of a made-in-Alberta plan that you'd pay a certain amount on your gas, your heating bill, and then, and then two-thirds of the population got rebates. It was, though, still a tax.
0: If that's true, then how come there's an unprecedented oil and gas boom going on south of the border? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. By the way, we have 7% unemployment here. They have 2 or 3% unemployment in Texas and North Dakota. Next door in Saskatchewan, their unemployment level is one third lower than it is here in Alberta. Uh, That's the difference that policy makes. And friends, all of this is the consequence of the NDP raising taxes on everything, on incomes, on employers, on payrolls, on property, and, of course, the biggest tax hike in Alberta history, their job-killing carbon tax.
1: So the UCP zoomed in on that. It was one of the first things Kenny had promised to do ever since he landed in Alberta. Axa Tax has quite a ring to it. Kenny also talked about pipelines. He promised to get the Trans Mountain Pipeline built. Of course, it's a federal jurisdiction, but he was like, you know what, the NDP didn't do enough. We're going to make sure that this thing gets built and we can get our product to market.
0: He needs to understand that if he doesn't uh, do everything legally possible to get uh, a coastal pipeline built, that there will be a... I think a constitutional crisis in this country, and we will underscore that through this referendum on equalization section 36. We, it's, it, it's time that we... Al- he
1: also promised to cut the corporate tax rate to 8%. Currently, Alberta is at 12%. It's the second lowest in the nation behind Ontario and the Northwest Territories, which are both at 11.5%. Kenny has promised to eventually cut that down to 8% he's convinced it's going to create 50,000 jobs and points to the work of economic professors to prove his point.
2: Uh, so the the history of Jason Kenney's corporate tax cut plan actually goes back to 2015. That's Stuart
1: Thompson, who wrote about Kenney's tax cut plan for the National Post.
2: When Rachel Notley's NDP were battling against Jim Prentice's PC party, uh, one of the NDP's signature policies was, we're going to push the corporate tax rate from 10% to 12%. We're going to make wealthy corporations pay a little more um, to offer some more services to Albertans. Seemed at the time like that was a winner. And anyone who paid attention to that election remembers... I know that, I is know that math 20... is difficult, but no, no, I math it's... is difficult comment from Jim Prentice to Rachel Notley. That was actually in reference to the corporate tax rate going up. Um in the intervening years from 2015 to 2019, as everyone in Alberta is aware, the economy went through some tough times. And the UCP theory was that if they could convince people that um, the corporate tax rate being lowered would inevitably lead to more jobs, more investment in Alberta, then they could maybe make it a vote winner.
0: Um, like Initially, we were planning to go from 12 to 10. We ended up going from 12 to eight because we, we wanted it to be so significant that, that, that CEOs in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Denver would, 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 would be forced to think about um, shifting some of their operations to Alberta. So,
2: so the UCP actually did internal polling on the corporate tax cut. And uh, when I talked to Jason Kenny about this, he said it surprised even him.
0: And I can tell you in our own polling we did before, it was like, Shocking! I was even shocked. It was like it's like seventy thirty in favor of this. In fact, we pulled. We pulled on. Would you? Do you think we should go from twelve to six instead of twelve to eight? And it's like twenty five percent of the population wanted us to go deeper. Wanted us to go to a fifty percent reduc- reduction in the business tax rate.
2: When you talk to the NDP, they'll tell you their opposition to the corporate tax cut pulled similarly well. And my theory on that is that. Um, those parties were polling the messages they thought they could sell. You don't have a lot of incentive to kid yourself when it comes to internal polling, so you kind of have to do it in a way that informs you, um, not in a way that's going to hurt your chances of selling your message. So I, I think the UCP was probably saying, Um, Do you support a plan to cut the corporate tax rate, which will increase investment and lead to jobs in Alberta? Uh, And the NDP was saying, do you oppose giving a big tax break to wealthy corporations? You can see how just the framing of that would make people maybe swing one way or the other on the issue.
1: Um, Now, the United Conservative election campaign was kind of an interesting dichotomy. It pushed a message of hope around the economy, but it still fueled anger and resentments, particularly towards the NDP and what they saw as a lack of action. Kenny kept saying, fear and smear, it's not going to be our thing. And he insisted that Albertans didn't care about gay-straight alliances in schools. They weren't asking about education on the doorsteps. And he signed a big old piece of cardboard pledging to keep public health care despite the fact that the UCP platform and Kenny himself promised to explore more private options. Then there was what Jason Kenny called the Notley-Trudeau alliance. I jokingly turned this into a drinking game during the election. Of course, I didn't do it. I probably would have died because Jason Kenny, at every speech, in every scrum, basically his talking points revolved around the fact that Premier Rachel Notley and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau were somehow in cahoots, were BFFs, And we're not doing enough to get the pipeline built or to fix Alberta's economy.
0: Premier Notley made an alliance with her close friend and ally, Justin Trudeau. The Trudeau Notley Alliance is not working for Alberta. No. The Trudeau Notley Alliance led to the killing of two pipelines yeah. and surrender on two others, has led to Trudeau's No More Pipelines Law. His tanker.
1: In Alberta, this plays really well because Trudeau's just aren't that popular here. They don't like little Trudeau. They didn't like big Trudeau either.
0: But uh, a lot of Albertans remember having lost their businesses, lost their homes, lost their jobs, lost their hope because of Pierre Trudeau's arrogant anti-Alberta national energy program. And I frankly don't see much difference between uh, Pierre Trudeau's policies and Justin Trudeau's arrogant anti-Alberta attitude that he's expressed more than once. So
1: Kenny zoomed in on that resentment for the Trudeau name and also for the federal liberal brand. Kenny also talked about this foreign-funded campaign against Alberta. There's no campaign to landlock Texas. There's no campaign to landlock North Dakota. He basically used the research of one single person, Vivian Krauss, on which to base his policy of a war room. And what's happening is Canada is being bullied out of the global market, benched, if you will, Okay, That's the thing that I think is objectionable. We need to get that big money out of it. Jason Kenny says and we need to stop them attacking our number 1 industry. And now
0: and now friends, I have a message, another message. A message to those foreign funded special interests who have been leading a campaign of economic sabotage against this great province. To the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, to the Tides Foundation, to lead now. To the David Suzuki Foundation, and to all of the others, your days of pushing around Albertans with impunity just ended.
1: Now, all of this, though, as I said, was based upon the research of one single person. And yet, Jason Kenney's committed 30 million bucks of taxpayer money to that war room. All of these messages from the United Conservative Party, they resonated with Albertans. When you have change, so going from an NDP government to a UCP government, I'm assuming, what do you then hope comes from that?
0: I hope we have uh, tax cuts, for one, so that you stimulate more, like, pure economics states if you have, uh, if you give capital the ability to grow, then that's going to stimulate your economy. So that's what I want to see. And I want to see our debt starting to get paid down and I want to see a balanced budget. I don't want deficits. I don't want my kids having to pay for for everything that we're doing now.
1: Kenny has managed to divide some parts of the conservative movement. Those who tend to see themselves as more socially progressive sometimes just don't really like Jason Kenny. He doesn't sit particularly well with them with his history of social conservatism. But they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Who do they vote for? The NDP, who they don't like. The Liberal Party, which is basically destroyed. The Alberta Party, which did see an uptick in the polls, but not enough to secure a seat. Or the United Conservative Party, whose policies and sometimes far-right base doesn't necessarily sit particularly well with them.
0: No matter who is elected Premier, uh, that Premier will be focusing on economy anyhow. And this time around, believe it or not... Holding my nose, I will be voting for Premier Notley.
1: Jason Kenney does like to say it's a Big Ten party, and it is. There are a lot of immigrants, there are a lot of visible minorities at any single event that you go to. But the fact remains, some of their policies are definitely leaning towards the social conservative end of things. I wanted to start by saying Happy Pride Month, but it feels that today what we've seen is an act to destroy GSAs. But despite his overwhelming wins time after time after time, the fact remains that issues continue to dog the UCP. Most notably, the RCMP continues to investigate the United Conservative Party leadership campaign.
2: Members, oral question period. The leader of the official opposition.
1: Thank you very much, Mr Speaker. And I want to take the opportunity through you to congratulate the Premier on his election victory. And in fact, in the days before that election, it was confirmed that the RCMP were investigating serious allegations of fraud related to the two thousand seventeen UCP leadership race. It is unprecedented that you have an active police investigation into something that touches on the interests of both the Premier and the Attorney General, who were both candidates in that race. So in the interest a sitting UCP MLA, Peter Singh, whose office was raided days before voters headed to the polls. He's now sitting in the house, and yet police are continuing their investigation into him as well. Okay, so now we're on the fourth floor. This is fun. Um, just take a bit of a walk, aren't we? Why won't you answer questions? Are you under investigation? For... I'm,
0: I'm firm I'm on my
1: You're innocent, did you say? You're firm about your innocence. Okay. Are you under investigation though? Have you been fined? How much have you been fined? Why don't you want to answer any questions? Don't you think your constituents have a right to know whether or not you're being investigated?
0: Excuse
1: me. Take that as a no. The elections commissioner continues to levy fines against folks who were involved in the Jeff Calloway campaign. He was, as you might remember, in the UCP leadership race, a kamikaze candidate against Brian Jean, the former Wild Rose leader and Kenny's biggest rival for the UCP crown. As much as Jason Kenney and the UCP say they're going to create jobs, they're going to be obsessed with creating jobs and turning around the economy, the fact remains the RCMP investigation will continue ticking along in the background. But when it all boils down to it, Jason Kenney did something that would be tough for anyone else to replicate. He landed in Alberta and he managed to unite Parties that had really disliked each other. The Wild Rose and the Progressive Conservatives. By the time Albertans headed to the polls, the United Conservative Party boasted that it had more than 150,000 members. Whether you like the guy or not, Jason Kenney has work ethic. He's won four campaigns in under three years. He won the Progressive Conservative Leadership Campaign. He then became the leader of the United Conservative Party. He won a by-election after he got that leadership. And then he won the general election in 2019. He didn't just understand the mood of Albertans, he tapped into it, and he did so extremely
2: successfully. Ladies and gentlemen, the leader of the UCP and your new premier, Jason Kennedy!
1: This series has been produced by Carson Jarama and me, Emma Graney. Special thanks to my colleagues Claire Clancy, Keith Gerine, Janet French and Stuart Thompson for joining me to tell the story of how the 2019 election was won and lost. Special thanks to the video departments at the Edmonton Journal and Calgary Herald, whose work you've heard throughout the series. Sarah O'Donnell is our politics editor, Dave Breckenridge is our managing editor and Mark Ipe is our editor-in-chief. If you have any feedback, feel free to shoot me an email, egraney at postmedia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Emma L. Graney. Thanks for listening.